This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Summer is over, and it's time to go back to school. In this special episode of Look West, teachers turned assembly members Patrick O'Donnell, Jose Medina, Blanca Rubio, and Sharon Quirk Silva reflect on their time in the classroom. Hear in their own words why they decided to become teachers, listen to stories about their first days and favorite students, and learn how their teaching careers now guide them as legislators. My name is Patrick O'Donnell. I'm the assembly member for the 70th Assembly District, and I taught middle school for 14 years and high school for eight, and still go back and do it occasionally. One of my most memorable teachers uh, was Mr. Daly. His son is now serving in the state assembly along with me. Uh, He was a character in the classroom, but you know what? That character in the classroom that Mr. Daly was also motivated students. It was classes and teachers like like him uh, that, uh, that really motivated me to want to become a teacher. I taught in an area that has a lot of challenges. Great kids, some with great challenges. It's an area where it's a high English language learner population, a very high low income population, but again, great kids, and it's a place where really I see America work. I subbed for about a year at the middle school level, which is probably the toughest level to to sub at, quite frankly. Uh, Middle schoolers don't have a lot of fear, Um, but when they see fear, they will pounce. So you can't show fear as a substitute teacher. Uh, But I remember walking in there and seeing, you know, 34, 35 little seventh grade faces looking at me, and I realized, it was on me. Uh, then later on, I, after going through my student teaching, etc., I was a full-time teacher uh, and had my own classroom, and it was a great experience. But I can tell you, I learned more from my students in the first year than they probably learned from me. Uh, I taught middle school for 14, high school for about eight. Uh, my favorite grade was actually eighth grade, because I think eighth grade is when you choose your lane in life. Because when you're in eighth grader, uh, it's always been true, there's a lot of choices to make. To me, uh, being a teacher is about moving people forward, moving America forward. I believe that public education is an essential for us to have a, a sound uh, democracy. So I kind of see it as a dual role. You're there to teach kids for sure. You're there to move them forward, help them get on to the next step in their life, help them flourish, help them grow. But you're also there to sustain, to sustain a democracy, which one could argue is, is seeing challenging times at this moment but all the more reason to, to, to support public education. Working in the state legislature is, is quite frankly a little bit like middle school at times. You've got to herd cats, and it's an interesting lot up here. Um, and so you've got to learn to deal with different personalities, just like you do in a classroom, and how you approach certain people and how you don't approach certain people. So that, that's the art of it. Uh, I will one day go back to the classroom. I'm not going to stay a legislator forever. Hi, I'm Assemblymember Sharon Quirksilva, and I represent North Orange County, which includes all of Fullerton, Buena Park, West Anaheim, Cypress, Stanton, and La Palma. And I taught elementary and pretty much every grade from kindergarten through eighth grade. I started early on and had always worked with kids with jobs after-school type of jobs, everything from way back when babysitting at a church to uh, working at local uh, clubs like the Y and so forth. When I was at UCLA, I worked at a temple doing uh, some extracurricular activities. I was also hired as a mother's helper in in, uh, Santa Monica to work with uh, two young girls after school. Their mother was working, so I had 
a lot of experiences. And then I came from a family of 10, five brothers and four sisters. So uh, particularly with my younger brothers and sisters, doing a lot of teaching them. The first day of school for not only teachers, parents, and the students is always very exciting, but it's also uh, a little scary, a little nerve-wracking. I uh, invite the parents in to come and take pictures, things like that. I want them to feel like the class is their class. I taught for many years at Richmond Elementary, which is where I went to school as a student. A few of the same teachers were there. They were getting close to retirement, but they were still there. Some of the same things, same classroom, same same bulletin boards. I um, could not do many of the activities that I do in the class without parent and volunteer support, so a lot of our um, science activities, STEM-related, art projects, all of those are very dependent on uh, not only volunteers in the community, but volunteers from the parents. I think that we have a, a lot of technology that's replaced some of our curriculum, and I'm not opposed to technology, but I think kids having a really good book in their hand, a classic book, um, those books have the vocabulary in them and the characters that are so rich that kids can identify with them. When you have kids reading on computers or iPads, uh, regularly they read in a very different way. It's not as personal. A lot of times they're scanning the literature. And so I think there's a place for it, but I think really building um, not only the capacity in reading and writing where they really understand it, but they love it. I think what's extremely rewarding is when you live and teach in the same city, you often run into the families and now many of the students that I had from decades ago are growing up, and uh, they are now parents. They're also uh, contributing to our community, everything from uh, one of my students became a lawyer, a military lawyer. Some of them are going into teaching themselves. Uh, many of my uh, Title I bilingual students are now going, the first in their family, going to college. My name is uh, Assemblymember Jose Medina. I represent the 61st Assembly District, Riverside, Moreno Valley, and the City of Paris. I was a teacher for 34 years and taught from kindergarten to uh, community college and all the grades in between. Upon graduation from UC Riverside, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Medellin, Colombia. And in Medellin, Colombia, I had the experience of working with young people young boys, adolescent boys, I would say like seventh and eighth grade boys, who found themselves in prison. From that experience in the Peace Corps, I, I got to see that I really loved working with young people and that I felt like I was good at it. And so when I came back from the Peace Corps, I started uh, my credential program at UCR. And uh, after getting my credential, I uh, went into teaching and never looked back. I do remember the excitement that I felt uh, walking into my first classroom, meeting my first set of students, uh, fourth and fifth graders, that I uh, taught some 30-some years ago. And it was a four or five combination classroom, uh, bilingual. So I got to teach subjects like reading and math in both English and Spanish. I, I, I remember uh, a young man 
you know, I, I remember his name to this day, Henry Moreno, who, as a fourth or fifth grader, filmed uh, a uh, McDonald's commercial, was a student that you would figure, you know, you could picture in your mind uh, McDonald's would want for a McDonald's commercial. In other words, he was uh, charismatic, outgoing, probably a leader, and wasn't shy at, 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 by any means. Um, and I remember another young lady that I met as a ninth grade student, and I, I remember introducing her to, to poetry, and, 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 and specifically to Latino poetry, and I knew that she was just as talented as Henry, and, uh, and I knew that she was going to go far, and indeed she did. You know, she went on to college and then went on to law school and is practicing law in Chicago now. And uh, there are many students like that who stand out. I would say most teachers find, and especially new teachers find, that the discipline in the classroom is, uh, you know, can be challenging, can be challenging. And that's probably the most difficult part, especially for new teachers. Once teachers can master that and get a handle on that, uh, I, I think they become successful. And, and the other part, I think, is I would, I would say for teachers in the classroom is to be themselves, to let students see them for who they are and not be afraid to, to do that. And, and that is the most, I think, important thing for teachers is to be authentic because I think young people really have the ability to sense when people are being authentic and uh, when they're not. Teachers can't uh, really appreciate the impact, I think, that we have on young people until we meet them later in their lives and they tell us, you know, uh, Mr. Medina, Ms. Smith, Mrs. Jones, you had this impact on me. And my students do that with me and it is a great feeling. It, it's a feeling that, uh, money can't buy. Well, this is uh, Blanca Rubio. I represent the 48th Assembly District, which is the East San Gabriel Valley in near downtown LA in LA County. And uh, I taught for about 16 years. My first experience with kindergarten, I thought I taught kinder for three years, transitioned over to first grade and taught first grade for five. Uh, I taught fourth grade for eight years. And now I went from that classroom to this classroom. I spent 10 years in human resources. When the teacher shortage happened in 2000, my, I was doing credentialing for the teachers at Baldwin Park Unified School District. So there was a shortage of teachers. So my boss at the time said, you know, we really think you would be great at uh, be being a teacher. And I was literally in my HR office on Friday. And on Monday, I went into the classroom under an emergency permit. I did eventually have to go back and get a credential and got a master's degree in education. But from Friday to Monday was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And so I went into the classroom and because this was in October after the year had already started, I ended up in a uh, portable. And so one little girl, um, Angelica, I remember her name, said, uh, I need to go to the bathroom. And so I'm like, sure, go to the bathroom. Well, the bathroom was outside of the classroom, not in the classroom. Well, I'd never taught before. I had never been in the classroom, literally since I'd been in school. Uh, and so I said, sure, go to the bathroom. And about 20 minutes later, I, I remember looking up at the clock going, hmm, I wonder where she, where she went. So then over the PA, I get this call from the principal, like, 
is um, Angelica in there with you? And I said, no, she went to the bathroom. She's all, uh, no, she didn't. Her mom just called, and she's at home with her mother. So she escaped school. Not only did she trick me into letting her go to the bathroom, um, but she, somehow she got out of, off campus and went, ran home. And so I'm mortified. I'm like, oh, my God. That day was um, very trying, but was the beginning of my very, very rewarding career. So after that, I learned she doesn't go to the bathroom <laughs> unless she's accompanied by somebody. So for me, that was a big aha moment. Like, oh, my God, I am responsible for every single child that comes through my door, not just for their education, but I'm literally responsible for their lives. After that, I became really good at discipline and really good at routines and procedures because I needed to make sure that the kids wouldn't uh, escape again. And so that, that really helped me become a really good teacher. I, I, I was teacher of the year twice, um, even though I, like I said, I never even thought about teaching. I didn't even play school when I was a kid. So it was really a rewarding experience for me. I do miss the, the, the routines. Um, just because I really enjoyed teaching kids. Um, I, they were my, my little bright lights every morning and never a bad day. Well, we had bad days, but if, if I had a bad day, I would go into that classroom and the kids would automatically brighten it up. When people ask me why I'm in the legislature, I will give credit to two little girls. The little girls were, uh, their names are Avina and Alicia. So Avina and Alicia are sisters. And when I was teaching fourth grade, they ended up in my classroom. I taught in Fontana Unified, a very low socioeconomic um, area. Uh, one third of the kids were Hispanic, one third of the kids were African American, and one third of the kids were, were um, white. The thing that they all had in common is that they were all poor. And so anyway, so Avina and Alicia were in my classroom, and I right away fell in love with them because I knew they had challenges. They were two of six kids, and mom was pregnant. So one day, it's Monday morning, and I see Alicia and Avina coming to the line, and we're late, and we're waiting for them. And I'm like, girls, get in line, and, and you know, you're late. And they're like, I, we're sorry, we're sorry. And I said, did you get breakfast? And they said, no. So I sent them to go get food. They met me in the classroom, and they were eating. And the little one, Avina, says, um, comes up to me, and she says, uh, Miss Rubio, um, my tummy hurts. And I was like, oh, okay, we just started class, Avina. Do you, do you need to go to the nurse? She's like, no, 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 don't send me to the nurse. I don't want to go home. So a little bit later, she comes, she's like, Miss Rubio, my tummy hurts. And I said, okay, Avina, all right. And I said, okay, well, maybe whatever you ate last night um, made you sick. I said, so what did you eat? And she says, cereal. And of course, I'm like, my red flags go up. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what did you eat for lunch? And she said, cereal. And I went, uh-oh. I said, Avina, what did you eat for breakfast? And she said, cereal. And I felt horrible. I felt like, oh my god, this poor little girl finally made it to school. And here I'm scolding her because she's late. But the fact is that she, she probably ate cereal the whole weekend. We're expecting these kids to learn but they've, they didn't have any food. Her stomach's hurting because she hasn't eaten all weekend. And so it was really, really difficult for me that day. They eventually left my classroom because they were transient kids. Um, you know, they go from school to school, and they eventually left my classroom. And I said, maybe I can't help Alicia and Avina anymore, 
but being in the legislature, I can help all the Alicias and Navinas in the whole state. I may never see those little girls again, ever. But somehow, some way, if, if I can um, pass some legislation that is meaningful, I may help them wherever they are. They'll never know that they're, they were my inspiration, but I will help them and children like them. Thanks for listening to this special back-to-school episode of Look West, a podcast from the California Assembly Democrats. Our producers are Cindy Baker, Daniel Damper, and Pablo Espinoza. Sound engineers, Boris Cardenas and Don Andrews. Our systems administrator is Lawrence Conlin, and graphics are by Steve Green. Our directors are Katie Vival, Genevieve Villacrez, and Susan McIntyre. You know, we talk a lot about the issues here on the show, from healthcare and wildfires, LGBT rights, the legacy of Chicano art, the Me Too movement, and so much more. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, and we want to hear from you. Look West is available on a variety of social media platforms. Our team is happy to continue to create a place where you can really get to know the people you've chosen to represent your community at the State Assembly. Thanks again for listening to Look West.